Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Why don't you go stock up for the weekend now? Take care of it now. Listen to the show in the car. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day. In the air to right. Low will drip back. Low doesn't see it. Low lost the ball. Here comes Hayes. Trey's going to go to third. Trey's going to be waved home. Here comes Mancini. He is safe. 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 How can you write this script? Two strikes, just a cutter on the outside part. You can see Trey knows he missed it, but low out in right field. He can't see it. He said to himself, I can't see it. And I mean off of his face. Just tips the glove off of his left cheek. It kicks towards the right field line. Trey Mancini never checked up. Tony Mancini, the third base coach, was windmilling him the entire way. Trey Mancini with that inside-the-park job last night. What a lot of fun. The Orioles have been playing a fun, fun brand of baseball. There's no getting around it. Fun brand of baseball. All right. So let's uh, – he's on the road after being – after having his flight canceled yesterday and then rebooking to get out of sh- – out of uh, Indianapolis back here, not Chicago, but Indianapolis. He's back on the road again going to Pittsburgh. And Brian Tripp joins us. Tripper, great to have you back on the show. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a long travel day yesterday, but on the way to Pittsburgh, Phillies Pirates this weekend, hoping they don't add to that loss total. But thanks for bringing it up. No, I mean, it's, 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 facts are facts. All right. So, <laughs> well, good. Have a good time at the games. That's that's great. So, what did yep, you thanks. what did you take out of Big Ten Media Day? Not just in your conversations, but in your listening. Yeah, I thought the number one thing that the Penn State players not only represented themselves in Penn State really well, but I thought they handled some challenging questions well. But they're really optimistic about the season. They have a great energy for a good reason, I think, going into the year, just because of the depth and the work. Those are the players. The players have been around everyone else on the team and in the locker room, not really the coaches, even though they've changed the hour rule a little bit and what's allowed and what's not during the offseason, obviously, as you know, Steve. But I think the reviews of their teammates, the way they feel about the roster and the depth, um, that's kind of what I gleaned from a football standpoint 
their confidence and their excitement going into the year. That was probably the number one thing. I think the the approach uh, Jack Ham and I have taken with this one, because you know, we get asked, I mean, I'm in the store today, for goodness sakes, I get asked everywhere about this. I'm, I, we both feel like, you know what, we, we like what we see, there's a lot we know, and we're going to be very quiet about it and let it play. Yep. Just let it play. No, I think... Yeah, I think that's a really good way to handle it. I think they're handling it in that way. Look, with the team that Ohio State has back on offense, and what Michigan did last year, I think there's a ton of excitement there. But the way Penn State started, as we all know, compared to the way they finished the season last year, they weren't the same team. They were going through a lot of things because of what happened at the quarterback position. And I feel like... James Franklin talked about it. I think the athletes there talked about it, that they've addressed the areas that they felt like they needed to. The incoming recruiting class they feel really, really good about. So they think if they can take a next step to the team that they were prior to halftime at Iowa, that's a team that can compete. But they're they're not going to go out and make guarantees and make statements. If everyone wants to talk about Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, that's fine. They'll let the business take care of it themselves. I think they're loose. I think they're having fun. And I thought they were showcasing their personalities and their confidence there. But it wasn't like they're going out and making guarantees. I think it's internally they know what they have. They don't have to proclaim it externally for everyone to know they're going to let their play on the field and camp and all that stuff do the talking. How did you feel, uh, Sean? You knew Sean Clifford was going to be asked about, you know, the conversations he's had outside of football about unionization and so forth. It sounded like he's just like, I just want to play. Let's go. Yeah, I think that was the message that not only he, but Coach Franklin and all the other, look, you're in a tough spot there. PJ Mustafer and Jair Brown were asked about those questions too. Sean's a great ambassador for not just Penn State, but all current student-athletes, in that he is using his platform with name, image, likeness, with giving athletes a voice for good reasons. And he talked about how happy he was to have, whether it's Commissioner Warren or Dr. Kraft or whoever, Coach Franklin, to have them be willing to listen and have those conversations. And that's what he was happy about. He's, he's not trying to be a renaissance man. He just wants to be someone who is educated, involved. He's so passionate about the student-athlete experience and the experience of being a college football player at Penn State. And I think that's what he wanted to express. And then as the season approaches, it's time to get down to business. And they're going to worry more about what's going on on the football field but he's done the things, and he deserves the opportunity because of what the rules and regulations have changed. Mm-hmm. He deserves the opportunity to take advantage of what's there in front of him and what he's able to do. And I think everyone acknowledged that in the same vein as well. Uh, also, uh, the fact that PJ Mustafer passes conditioning test. I mean, you and I, you and I have both talked to PJ. Did you hear? So Did you know. <laughs> You and, I, you and I have both talked to PJ, and I talked to him several times during the course of the spring and early on. So I knew pretty much what his timetable was because he told me. 
Uh, so I wasn't obviously surprised by it, but it's I think it has to be a big plus for everybody that you know that he at least told everybody he's on track. Yeah, the one thing he did say was that he wants to be full go. He feels like he's full go. But as a guy coming back from an injury like that, just to get back onto the football field, there's going to be some cobwebs there. There's going to be some acclimatization time to get up to speed as a football player. So he's healthy. He feels great. Can't wait to get out there. And he's ready to go. I think his leadership's huge to that defense. And as we saw last year, Steve, when he wasn't out there, you don't want to, you want him healthy and uh, have an opportunity last year if you had a healthy season, go on to the next level. But what his leadership needs coming back, but also the opportunities that a Devon Ellie's got playing last year, I think that makes the depth so much better at that spot. Keep Beeman coming back at that spot. The depth at that position is going to be really, really strong as well. So in some ways, it was a blessing in disguise for the 2022 Penn State football team that those opportunities presented themselves to other players. But he feels great, and I think he's the anchor of that defensive line, which I I don't know how much you and I haven't talked a ton about it. I'm really high on that group. Yeah, no, I think that's that's going to be one of the stronger points of the football team. But when you talk about Ellie's Izzard, Beeman, Vandenberg, maybe even Durant, because uh, we were yep. all impressed by him. PJ doesn't have to play 60 or 70 plays in a game, Brian. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And then when you're trying to manage it out over a long season, you start the first two of the first three weeks, you're going on the road. So it's not like you can ease into it. And those are two of your, you know, they're playing 1 0 every week, 1 0 mentality. But those are two of your more marquee opponents right off the bat. So that, that's asking a lot of a guy coming off an injury to play every single play in a game to start the season. Um, so I think he'll have that ability because of the depth where he can feel where he's at. I think he's probably ready in 100%, but we'll see. That's what the, just, you never know until you get on the football field. Just let him play. All right, and then at that point, you know, you can you can figure out how many plays in the game you need, especially on any given week. Uh, Doctor Kraft was there as well, uh, and you know, he, he was able to get out there and and talk with everybody. Uh, he obviously uh, he projects really well. I think that's a, a fair statement. He projects really well. Yeah, I think. No matter what he said, number one, the first thing you tell is he's passionate about what he does and about yep. who he is working with, coaches, athletes, administration, support staff on a day-to-day basis. And that his energy and his passion is so infectious when he has these conversations. And he's been really transparent. And talking to some of the media members there, they've enjoyed that. They've enjoyed his honesty. They've enjoyed how forthright he's been when talking about all of the issues surrounding not just Penn State athletics, but everything going on in the college sports landscape right now, that, and I know you've always said this, Bill O'Brien was the right coach for Penn State at the right time. James Franklin's the right coach for Penn State at the right time. I feel the same way about the administration. Sandy Barber is the right administrator, athletic director at the right time. And now that her career got into the back end and she decided to retire, I think Pat Kraft's the right administrator at the right time with the changing landscape of college football and the alignment that he has with the head football coach right now. Yeah, no, exactly. That's well said, and that's exactly how I feel about it. Penn State's been very fortunate over the years. 
in the 40-some-odd years I've been here, I've always felt I've had the right person at the right time, whether it was at athletic director, head football coach, whatever. I've always felt they had the right person at the right time. Obviously, expansion dominated a lot of talk while there, as well as media rights. Uh, In talking with other people, as you went around the room and everybody has their conversations, what were some of those conversations that were had and some of the opinions that you heard about expansion? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't expecting to see a reporter from the LA, LA Times there at the football meeting days, but there they were asking about what what kind of excitement would you have for going out to the West Coast and what could be the draw of the West Coast program for players from the Northeast or from the Midwest. I uh, wasn't expecting that. But I think a lot of the conversation, number one, is what does, just on a football sense, what does USC and UCLA add? What's the next step? Is there a next step to this puzzle? But then the other question that I heard a couple of times is how does this impact and how do you manage it and I don't know that there's a concrete answer to this yet how do you manage it for your other sports for your basketballs where you're traveling there midweek or a baseball program softball whatever it may be how does it manage and how does it fit for these other sports I think that now everyone's accepted it happened it's going to happen UCLA and USC are joining the Big Ten everyone understands the financial aspects to it there's an anticipation and I think an excitement around what this new television contract is going to be, what the media rights deals are and how much money. But now you start to dig a little bit deeper. Step one's done. Now you start to dig a little bit deeper into it and you figure those other puzzle pieces out, how it's going to affect more than football for the Big Ten. It has become obvious in reading between the lines with Kevin Warren, but very obvious in the conversations Mark Silverman has had since he is critical to all this, that there'll be some streaming components somewhere in here. So, Brian, obviously younger than I am, so how much do you stream, and what do you think of that as a component? Yeah, I don't have any cable, so okay. everything's basically streaming for, for me. I, I like the pay-per-view component of a game, but I still think there's a majority of your audience and whether it's watching at home for an older audience or even going to a sports bar or whatever, cable, the Big Ten, in my opinion, still needs placement on an ESPN because look, the thing that I always come back to, Steve, is the NHL. When the NHL went off of ESPN, and ESPN right now has exclusive rights to the college football playoff, and you know how much how much power these television networks have when influencing the college sports landscape right now. Mm-hmm. I think the Big Ten, yes, you want to position yourself for maybe a Friday night football game on Amazon or Apple TV, whoever yeah. would win that. But I would not take my marquee events away, and I would want to distribute those rights to as many places as I still could that are household because for multiple reasons. Number one, your audience, older audience. But number two, I think it's really important they stay on the traditional networks while those networks are the ones that carry the rights to the college football playoff or can influence the narrative around a college football season. Well, let me put it this way. I, I have never streamed anything before, uh, but, but when Thursday Night Football starts on Amazon Prime, I will. I mean, just, I mean, I will. I have no problem doing that. That doesn't bother me in the least. But 
I'll do that. I mean, that's that's not think, an issue. I think so. If you, this is where I would go on that. So with the MLB games on Apple TV or Peacock this year, if it's a game you really want to watch, yeah. you're gonna find it and yes. pay for it. If it's yep. on Prime, wherever it may be, you're gonna find it and pay for it. Penn State fans are going to find a Penn State game. It's those ancillary fans who are just maybe tuning in to watch a game. I don't think a majority, I could be completely wrong here, I don't think the majority of the population is trained, for lack of a better word yet, to, oh, let me go to Amazon and see which game is on right now. It's a lot easier just to click through the dial and click on ESPN. Um, so I think that's where it would be impacting most people who want to watch it will find it wherever. It's that casual fan and the casual audience that I think the streaming could impact the most. I was kidding with Jack. I said I don't think it would hurt you, Brian, and me. I, I, I think radio. There'll be some people go. They're streaming. I'll listen to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, enjoy the Phillies and the Pirates this weekend. Thanks, the Phillies. Get swept by the Cubs, two or three from the Braves, and uh, held on despite Jerry's familiar last night. So. Hey, and yeah, really, and enjoy Baseball. enjoy seeing the Pirates roster as it is for the final time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Yeah, have a good one, Steve. Brian Tripp on the road with us. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street, and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Uh, last bash is this weekend. Obviously, it's, you know... I can't get too in-depth into it for, you know, as I pointed out when I had Bill Belton and Christian Hackerberg on, I do have restrictions on what I can talk about recruiting-wise. And I'm not talking about, you know, Penn State saying to me I can't. It has to do with uh, NCAA rules. That's why I can't. Okay. It's literally as simple as that. So that is why I can't. Uh, The... um, But that's coming up this weekend. Then training camp starts on Monday. Training camp starts on Monday. Early on, no pads. And then after a couple days of that, a few days of that, then you transition in the pads and you really get going. So there'll be a lot of install work. The fact that Mike Yursich is into his second year and you have a and two veteran quarterbacks in in uh, Sean Clifford and Christian Veyu 
that install is going to be easier. Plus, again, they did a lot of install and reinstall during the course of the spring. So that's going to make that process easier on the offensive side. closer to the talking season being over and the actual let's play ball season. All right. uh, Final half hour for the week. Next week, I'm actually going to watch some football. Now, you won't, but I will. (laughs) Because uh, training camp starts next week. And I am... uh, Looking forward to this camp very, very much. The key to this camp is going to be, to me, just keeping the band healthy. I think they have enough talent. And that's going to be the key. Can you keep the band healthy? Last year, for example, and I talked about this yesterday, but I'll, it's worth revisiting. You do expect along the way guys will get banged up, guys will get hurt. Just the nature of it. You have a whole month here. And it really is, to be to be frank with you, it really is a two-week span where you worry about something big happening. You're saying, well, why two weeks, the, you know? The first few days are acclimation. Okay, so injury-wise, for the most part, I think you can push that back. All right. Then when you get about 10 days out, now you're starting to zero in on Purdue, get the game plan in. There's a lot of, you know, uh, game week type of um, practices to get ready. So it's that two weeks in there where there's – uh, situational scrimmages, some skellies, some thuds, you know, uh, even a, a scrimmage or two, whatever, where, look, there's going to be legit, like you're going out, you're hitting. Okay? Uh, that is, uh, you know, that's that two-week span. So last year in that two-week span, for example, you found out that you were not going to have Akeem Beeman. Okay, this is last year. All right, during that two weeks being last year, you it looked like Malik Mega was going to be a part of the wide receiver rotation right away, and then you realize you weren't going to have him for six weeks. And during that two weeks span, that's where you lost Sal Wormley for the season, and it looked like he had the left guard spot locked up. I mean, you know, you see what I'm talking about. And that's what that's what you worry about. That is what you worry about. And because I'm not going to go 
I'm going to be rather matter-of-fact about this team. But I'm going to have, just so you know, a very... quiet confidence about what I think they can do. And then I'm going to let what they do on the field, let that do the talking. They don't need me to talk about it. They just need me to describe it. Okay? That's that's how I'm going to go about it. I really do believe um, that they have a chance to be Okay? I'm just going to be very quiet about it. Jack and I feel the same way about it. Now, let's see how the next two and a half weeks goes. Two and a half. And I guess two and a half would be right pretty close. But I think everybody just has a very quiet confidence, and they're going to let the play do the talking for them. And I'm going to let their play do their talking for them. They don't need me to talk about it. They don't need me to do that. Uh, you know, we, and I'll give you an example. You know, we always talk about the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be without question. You know, it doesn't take a genius as to how important they need that group to be this any year any year not just this year but any year okay and there's no need for me to say oh I think this is it this is it look do I think they've got a chance yes but do I want to see it play out like the rest of you yes so let's just quietly go about the business and watch and see if they do take care of business. I think the talent's there. I know the coaching's there. But now let's see how it plays out. That's why I'm going, I've, I've got, I have what I would term an absolutely fun attitude about this football team. There's a reason I have a fun attitude about it. I just, it's, I'm just going to leave it there, all right? It starts on on Monday and gets going. And, again, the key part, for the most part, on injuries is going to be that two-week span that would be from probably near the end of next week to two weeks after that, okay? Because that's where you're going to get – it doesn't mean that during a non-contact drill something can't happen, and believe me, because I've seen that happen. You're like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I've seen that, and you're like, oh, really? That's always frustrating when that happens. All right. And then we'll find out, you know, everything's now on a wait-and-see basis um, in terms of the big picture in the future. Uh, it's interesting, you know, they talked, you know, Pat Kraft was talking about a topic that we have talked about many times on this show over the years. It's not like Pat sat here and listened to the show. It's just, you know, when I do get a chance to talk more extensively with Pat, which 
you know, by his invitation, he's already talked to me a couple times. They look, we have to talk. I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I've talked how many times about them opening up on the road and how absurd it is. It was great to see how direct he was about that. Now, it's the first opportunity to change that will be 2024. You're saying, well, why is that? Again, two and two is very easy to get four. That's when USC and UCLA join the conference, and they're going to have to have new schedules anyway. So that's why that'll be the first opportunity to change that. The Pac-12, you know, he's doing everything they can to keep them together. The pro- if I'm if I'm the commissioner of the Pac-12, here's the biggest issue I have. I can sit there and I can talk over and over and over again with Oregon, Washington, or whomever about we're all going to stay together, we're all going to stay together. That doesn't preclude them from picking up the phone and calling somebody else behind my back. <clears throat> right? And I still maintain, and it's only my guess, it's only my guess, that the Kevin Warren statement about the landscape and expansion was directed from Indianapolis north and not west. And for those who may not be aware of the geography, South Bend, Indiana is north of Indianapolis. That is um, I said once, I've said many times, as you know, they're the quote the the only big chip left in the game. I know that while I understand that there are fans that believe Clemson is a big chip, they believe that North Carolina is a big chip. Um, they believe that Stanford's a big chip. Um, and the one, don't make the mistake when you're talking about big chips in the game. Don't make the mistake of, well, Kansas has won a national championship in basketball. Not relevant to this conversation. Don't make the mistake of, look at all the national titles Stanford has won in all these other sports. Boy, they're, they're really valuable. It's not relevant to this conversation. If they were to join, it would then become relevant to the future of all the other sports in the conference, but it's not relevant to them joining. It is about brands and about your ability to enhance the financial numbers of the conference. You can't dilute the conference number, and that's why I see Notre Dame's the only one left. Clemson comes in. Clemson will not have a TV network go, oh, and plus Clemson can't. They, they're not going to get out of the grant of rights. They, that thing is, that's, those documents are, that's tough to get out of, the grant of rights. So if you're talking about North Carolina and Clemson and Florida State and Miami, 
the grant of rights is so tough to get out of. If the grant of rights were so easy to get out of, why are Texas and Oklahoma playing in the Big 12 this year? If the grant of rights were so easy to get out of, why are USC and UCLA not playing in the Big Ten next year, which will be the first year of the TV contract? If the grant of rights were so easy, why not? Texas and Oklahoma are playing in the Big 12 this year. Okay? They've already been invited and accepted into the SEC, what, for 13 months? So that tells you how difficult the grant of rights is to break because the financial, num- and the financial numbers are so huge. That's why those schools are all stuck. When you've got power schools that have a lot of money, okay, Texas has a lot of money. They're not breaking. They're not breaking. Oklahoma is not breaking. USC has a lot of money. They're a private institution. They're not breaking their grant of rights either. UCLA is a state school, so it's a little different. Right. And UCLA, by the way, got a financial plus today. They're $102.8 million in the red. They just got a financial settlement with Under Armour for $67.5 million because Under Armour broke the contract. That 15-year, $280 million contract they had, they broke it. So UCLA sued them. So this was the settlement. They announced it today. But that tells you how difficult the grant of rights is to break. If Texas and Oklahoma... They're playing in the Big 12 this year. They are not playing in the SEC. Excuse me. It tells you it's not as easy to break as people think it is. Now, for some, you know, we'll see what, what 23 brings, but I've got a feeling. It's only a feeling. It's only an absolute guess. If USC and UCLA, they'll start playing in the Big Ten in 24. Boy, I am hard-pressed to believe that Oklahoma and Texas will wait till 25 to play in the SEC. We'll see. But what does this mean for for Oregon and Washington? What does it mean for Stanford? I, I don't know. They don't bring enough to the table to increase the number. And that's the part I keep coming back to. I think what Kevin Warren said was directed at Notre Dame. And he did it in such a broad-based way. In, you know, say, hey, why don't you get on board now because we may go someplace else. And you might get left behind. I almost feel like in a loose way that was the message. And that's just me guessing. It's just me guessing. Then, if you were to get Notre Dame, then you could figure out what you want to do after that, because they'll increase the number. All right. Great to have you with us. We'll wrap up the show in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Immediate relief. Great to have you with us to wrap up the show for the week. 
Got a lot going on. Next week, we'll get back to actually seeing football. I can't wait to see football. Cannot wait to see football. Just uh, get out and um, and enjoy practice and get ready for the season. I've already done a lot of prep work on every game, football and basketball. I mean, that part's done. It's, you know, they'll be tweaking along the way. You do have to tweak. Uh, that's obvious. But you know, when you get the bulk of the work done, it makes your work week easier because now you're tweaking and then going from there. Um, but, you know, to get out there on the everyday basis and see, you know, even what a second team looks like, what a third team, who's made advancements, uh, you know, you know, maybe there's a, a position battle. And the position battle may not be uh, for first string. It may be the critical guy on, on depth. And then in the end, you know, the tough part about who may transition to the scout team part. It does not mean if you start the season on scout team, that doesn't mean you can't be playing later. Perfect example last year was Jordan Vandenberg. Vandenberg started the season on scout team. It was about maybe, I don't know, five, six weeks into the season, James got up in front of the team and said, hey, look, guy that's really catching our eye as a coaching staff. He told the whole team this. I was standing there when he said it. Is Jordan Vandenberg. He says, you know, we're going to get a look at him in terms of the travel squad and so forth. Well, then he, of course, got to the travel squad. And then near the end against Michigan State and then in the Outback Bowl against Arkansas, he played a lot. And I thought against Arkansas, there were moments he played very, very well. But just because you start on the scout team does is not you can work your way out of it. It's one of the tough part for young players, especially, is they get into the mindset of oh, that's it. I'm well, that's it for this season, and they can't be that way. It's it you know in other words it has to be eight. Uh, and now it takes obviously it you know everybody has to deal with their own own emotions when you go in with high expectations. You've been graded every step of the way. You've been great in junior high. You've been great in in um, in high school. You've been great at the camps that you've gone to, and then you get into this situation and you're surrounded by other guys who are great, and it. You know, and most times it's just not your moment or your time. Down the road, it'll be your road or your time. But it's tough for young players to accept that. Then all of a sudden, like they'll get to midseason, like ah, there we go. We'll start. You know, you start to see something like that, and then you see other guys who they they're in that funk and they stay in that funk for a long period of time. Then you have some guys that say, oh yeah. Yeah, you're going to put me here? Guess what? I'm going to prove to you I should be over there. Vandenberg did that last year. That's just an example. Just an example. Great example, too. And Penn State's going to have invaluable depth at defensive tackle because of a guy like Vandenberg and the return of Hakeem Beeman. And the addition, by the way, um... Yeah, um, 
and, you know, and of course, Zane Duran has a chance. You know, and of course, Ellie's and Izzard played so much last year. You don't want it, your critical guy to get hurt, but for 2022, now Penn State has the benefit that Ellie's and Izzard played a lot in 21. It's just going to be fun to talk about football again. All this other stuff. All you know, I know we talk about money, we talk about expansion, we talk about contracts, blah blah blah. You know, I know we do. I know. But that's because it's the topic, and they are important topics. Now we're going to get to the fun stuff for me, and that's the talk. Actually, talking about football. Actually, talking about basketball. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywords 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, the Friday show is always brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and dills. Indeed, second to none. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.